Church, I am turning now to the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, verses 9 through 11. This is about the baptism of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask, if you would, to please stand out of respect for the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray uh, your blessing upon this, your word, and the proclamation of it, and we ask it in Jesus' holy name. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Church, you may be seated. Church, I, I will uh, get to this in just a moment, but it happens to be in the life of our church, in the church calendar, Baptism of the Lord Sunday. So if you were wondering, if you happen to notice uh, on the white columns here, a bowl, uh, I will get to that in mo a moment. We have an opportunity this day to, uh, in fact, reaffirm our baptism. So a, a high and holy moment for uh, believers this day. Uh, what, I, what I wanted to speak on uh, this morning, what I've entitled my uh, sermon to be this morning is looking heavenward, looking heavenward. So I, I want us to do this. I, I want us to put our eyes, if you will, to what it means to look heavenward. Now let's go back to the Word of God and, and unpack this uh, for a moment. We have just a, a, a few verses here so we can literally take it line by line. I, I want to start with verse 9. Putting our eyes to what it means to look heavenward. It says this in the Word. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. I, I love how the Word of God okay, in every way, gives us geography, gives us a focal point, a location point. Here's where Jesus is going, okay? He, he's going from point A to point B to point C to point D. But here, okay, ultimately, as the Gospels record, here's where he will end up, okay? And we know this because we know the story. And that is he will eventually end up on the cross at Calvary. But at this point, he's going from location to location to do many miraculous acts, okay, and to proclaim the Word of God. So right away, there's an important geographical detail that we know about Jesus' travels. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Now, before going to the Jordan River, 
uh, church, he, here's what I thought in my own mind, that the Jordan River is absolutely massive, it's huge, but in fact, I go there and it's a very small, very peaceful river, a tiny river in fact. But you know what, here's the thing, if you ever get the opportunity to visit the Jordan River, here's my experience of it. I met Jesus there. I experienced the living Lord there. It was just that powerful. It was just that magnificent. I had the same exact experience on the Sea of Galilee. Wow, let me just tell you, I experienced the living Lord there. Okay, and, and, and I, I will always be forever changed by that. That's my own testimony. And John baptized him in the Jordan River, the Word of God says. Now, here's where we need to be looking heavenward, okay? It says this, beginning in verse 10, as Jesus came up out of the water, here's what happened. He saw the heavens splitting apart. So when we put our eyes to the heavens, when we look heavenward, here's what happened. Divine action the hand of God is working and moving. Uh, imagine this, picture this for a moment. He saw the heavens splitting apart. That does not ordinarily happen on any given day, does it? Particularly when you're in traffic on airline highway. Am I correct? Can I get an amen? You are not going to see that normally, right? But here... On this particular day in scriptures, the heavens are splitting apart. That's how powerful this is as we look heavenward, okay? And, and not only that, as if that wasn't enough, okay, here's what also happens. And the Holy Spirit then descended on him like a dove. Beautiful. This should just be capturing the imagination and your heart and just filling you with the very presence of God. This is what happens when we look heavenward, church. But it doesn't stop there. I'm going to pick up here with verse 11. And a voice, okay, and a voice, Scripture says, from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So immediately the voice from the Almighty, as the heavens split apart, as the dove comes down, the very voice of God speaks. As God spoke throughout the scriptures and said, look, this man, this person, pay attention to him, follow him, let him teach you, experience and take in and embrace what he will say to you. Take him seriously. 
the, pres the, the presence and the voice of the Almighty says. So church, there are divine benefits to you and I looking heavenward. Okay, very, very important. Often, okay, we are looking about eye level most of the time. Some of us, if not all of us, have a tendency just to look down for very obvious reasons. I'm a very clumsy person, by the way. I just want to admit that up front. So I am constantly tripping. I am constantly uh, uh, falling. I I'm constantly uh, spraining my ankles. And my, and my children, unfortunately, got the same, got the same deal, okay? So I, that's why I look down. Okay, because chances are Brad's going to trip or he's going to fall. Okay, so I am constantly looking down. So I am going to confess to you right away that I don't look heaven, heavenward or look up as much as I should because I'm a clumsy person. But there is true benefit to looking heavenward. Here's what I also want you to know, church. There are other scriptures that speak to the benefit of looking heavenward. So let's go there now. I want you to take note of these scriptures. They are there. Please refer to them, okay? Psalm 123.1. Read along with me if you feel so led. To you I lift up my eyes, O oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens, looking heavenward, church. John 17, 1 says, Jesus himself spoke these things and lifted up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may in fact glorify you. Benefits, Lord, uh, church, to looking heavenward. Let's go to Acts 7, 55. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Again, I just want to emphasize the point here. There is true benefit to you and I looking heavenward. Now, here's what I'm going to say as a follow-up to this, and pay very close attention to what I'm about to say here. You and I both know that there is benefit, biblically speaking, to you and I always looking heavenward. But here's the thing that we need to be reminded of each and every day. The devil sees this as a direct attack on him. You see, the devil knows that by you and I focusing our hearts, our eyes, the hearts, the eyes of our heart and our spirits, by looking heavenward, we are always focused on God, on Jesus Christ, on the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about that. When we are looking heavenward, you and I, that is in fact a victory for the kingdom of God and a defeat 
listen to me, and a defeat for the devil's domain of deceit. So the devil is going to try absolutely everything to trip you up, to take your focus not on heaven, but put it on the world, to keep your head, in fact, down all the time, to keep your attitude down all the time, to keep your faith, in fact, disturbed and stirred up all the time. Because the devil knows ultimately that when we are looking heavenward, church, there is victory in that. We, in fact, are closest, you and I, to God when we are looking heavenward, church. So know that. Know that. As a matter of fact, there's scriptures that say that the devil, in fact, uses flaming arrows to attack us. What are those flaming arrows? Let's put it into an everyday context. What about negativity? What about deceitfulness? What about lies? What about neighbors and friends and families being divided, having a divisive spirit, having a divisive nature about us? Those are those flaming arrows that the Scripture is speaking of that the devil uses. Let me just say this, church. When you and I are not looking heavenward, okay, the devil will use everything within his power to do several things as he distracts you. He will use drama. He will use division, which those very things as they are being stirred, will ultimately cause utter destruction. We need to hear that as Christians. We need to hear that as a denomination called United Methodist. We need to hear that as a nation right now who needs healing. That each and every one of us need to be looking heavenward, church. And there, with the almighty hand of God, you and I can find peace, we can find clarity, we can find the very grace of love that is forgiveness, that is salvation, the very divine things that God can give to us and is the creator of that we cannot create for ourselves. That's why you and I, now more than ever, need to be seeking a higher power. So this so happens to be the baptism of our Lord Sunday. Here's what that means in the United Methodist Church. Many of us, if not most of us, have already been baptized. Whether we are baptized as an infant, as a teenager, or as an adult. What that means on baptismal Sunday 
baptism of our Lord Sunday is this, that we come forward recognizing that we, you and I, can intentionally commit once again to reaffirm our baptism in Jesus Christ who saves us, in the Holy Spirit who birthed us, and in the Creator, the Almighty God, Yahweh, who created it all and blessed it and called it good. So as baptized Christians and Methodists, you and I can come forward this day and place our hand into a baptismal bowl, not as a way of saying, hey, look, we're being rebaptized, but as a way of saying, I want to reaffirm my baptism and say yes to the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, and the work of the Holy Spirit this day. So we will have a moment at the end of our worship service where we can come and simply do that. Place our hand in the baptismal bowl and just cross our forehead and offer these words in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I will seek you in everything that I do, or a prayer of your choice. But before we go there, I want you and I to read some liturgy as a way of blessing this worship service, our lives, and this holy water that is before us. So if you would, let us read these words responsibly. Sisters and brothers in Christ, through this sacrament of baptism, God's Spirit has been poured out upon water. Water poured out over and immersing us, water that flows freely for all who receive it, water from the streams of God's saving power and justice, water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness, water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Today, we come to the waters to renew our commitments in each other's presence. To Christ who raised us, to the Spirit who birthed us, and to the Creator who is making all things new. And so I ask you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death? We announce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of our sin. Will you let the Spirit use you as prophets to the powers that be? We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? We confess Jesus as our Savior, put our whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as our Lord. In union with the church which Christ has opened to peoples of all ages, nations, and races. Will you be a living witness to the gospel individually and together 
wherever you are and in all that you do. We will remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? We affirm and teach the faith of the whole church as we put our trust in God, the Father Almighty. In Jesus Christ, his, holy, his only Son, and in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Spirit of the Lord is with us. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Almighty God, the life you birthed in us by baptism into Jesus Christ will never die. Your justice never fails. Your mercy is everlasting. Your healing river flows. Your spirit blows where you will. We cannot stop you, God. But sometimes we try. We try to block the flow. We redirect the winds of the Spirit. Or we walk so far away from the life-giving stream that we do not hear its sound and we forget its power. We parch ourselves. We are dry and thirsty, O oh God. Come now and refresh us. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon these waters. Come upon these waters. Let these waters be to us drops of your mercy. Let these waters remind us of your righteousness and justice. Let these waters renew in us the resurrection power of Jesus. Let these waters make us long for your coming reign. Most holy God, Abba, Father, glory to you. Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, glory to you. Spirit of fire, spirit over the water, spirit of holiness, glory to you. Eternal God, one in three and three in one. All glory is yours now and forever. Amen and amen. Church, I want to very quickly turn to one more scripture passage that is in the gospel of Mark. I'm uh, going to read it from my uh, Bible. You can certainly refer to it uh, on the screen here. This comes from Mark 7, verse 31 through 37. This is just a powerful way in which looking heavenward is summed up here. This is about Jesus healing many people. It says this, Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before coming back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, did you hear that? Looking up 
to heaven, looking heavenward has benefit. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed so that he could speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and give speech to those who cannot speak. Church, hear me say this. If you and I will follow in kind with what Jesus is doing, which, by the way, each and every one of us need the Savior, Jesus Christ, to do in kind as he did, to look heavenward. There indeed is spiritual benefit in doing so. Glory to God. Let me pray for us.